There you go. Family. How are you all? I would like to first say that Bishop has set me up real nice. <laughs> um, so thank you to both Bishop and Pastor Virginia for giving me this opportunity. Um, I'm excited. So I've been wrestling and struggling for about six months with what I'm going to share with you all today. Um, and the reason being because I'm an overthinker. Anyone relate? Overthinkers? Cool, cool, cool. Yes. Um, my overthinking turns into procrastination, which then turns into paralysis, and I can't do anything with all the thinking that I've done, right? We've tossed it, turned it, forward, back, and can't do anything with it. Um, and so that's what I did with this. Um, early in the morning, like at the end of July, God very clearly said to me that I would need to stand before the congregation before I leave. Um, some of you may know that I'm traveling to Costa Rica in the next two weeks um, for a grant. And so from July until now, I'll leave it up to you to figure out how much thinking I did. It's a long time. Um, but very simply, I'm here to tell you my story and what my story says about God. And um, I'll warn you, I'm a storyteller by nature, I'm a teacher, I'm a writer, so you're going to hear all of that. Um, but I would first like to pray. Father God, I bless you and I honor you. I thank you for where you have positioned me, Lord. I thank you for the word that has already gone forth, and I pray that your presence would just fill this place, Lord. I pray that you would replace my voice, and everything that would come out of me, Lord, would just bring you glory Open the hearts and minds of the people, Lord, that they would be ready to receive from you, that we would be ready to re receive from you, Lord. I bless you and honor you in Jesus' name. So, I'm a teacher. I'm going to give you the agenda. Repeat after me. First, we're going to talk about the struggle. struggle. Next, we'll talk about Hannah. Hannah. After that, the connection. the connection. After that, major key. And the last piece will be the call. the call. So part of why I struggled so much with this direction and instruction from the Lord is that in addition to being an overthinker, I'm an observer. In most situations, I'm usually just taking in what's going on around me, collecting data points, paying attention to the small details. Even during meetings at work, I don't really say very much until I know unequivocally and without a doubt that it's time for me to speak up. I don't always know what I'm going to say, but I always know when it's time for me to speak, no matter what has been said and who has said it. Even when I'm hanging out with friends, I'm usually just listening. I'll laugh when someone tells a good story or a good joke. I'll dramatically co-sign with a nice bruh whenever necessary. <laughs> but I speak only when my voice contributes to the space and not just to fill the silence. Generally, I'm good behind the scenes. I love the people, but I don't need to be in front of the people. But over the last few years, and this last year in particular, God has been taking me through a process. And God has revealed to me through the story of Hannah the depth of who I am. Um, I'm not going to read the story because it's long, and I think the whole thing is important. So later today, I'd like you to read. 1 Samuel chapter 1, all the way through 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26. But right now, 
raise your hand if you've read or know parts of the story of Hannah. Lovely, great. So, teacher mode. Turn to the person next to you, two or three people, and just list as many things as you can remember about the story of Hannah. If you're with someone who has read it and maybe you haven't, maybe then they'll share the story with you. If you've both read it or know it, then maybe you'll debate some minor details that you have different memories of, right? So talk about what you both know. And if neither of you have read it or know it, then what do you think the story is about? <laughs> but that means you should be, everyone should be talking. I'm gonna give you like 45 seconds to do that. I need to hear people, so go on. And I'm gonna ask two people to share when we come back. I'm going to bring us back in about 10 seconds. All right, who are my two brave volunteers just to share one or two things about the story of Hannah? I need two people, and I have really great wait time. One... Two. Okay. Victoria, you can start us off. Okay. All right. Darlene was the second hand I saw. surface level, Hannah is married to Elkanah, and Elkanah is also married to Penaniah. Penaniah has children, Hannah doesn't. And the story centers around this fact. Penaniah 
like, she kind of makes fun of Hannah for not being able to have children. Like, this is years and years, as Victoria mentioned, that they go up to Shiloh to offer sacrifices to the Lord. And Penaniah's like, ha-ha, you can't have kids, you can't have kids. Like, that's, that's a lot to take in and to carry. Um, and so for years, Penaniah taunts her. And her husband, Elkanah, he doesn't even really understand her frustrations and sadness around it. At one point, he's like, you know, am I, I'm not enough for you. Like, I'm, I'm ten sons. I'm worth ten sons. And she's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and so every year they're going up to Shiloh to offer sacrifices and like Victoria mentioned one year Eli who's one of the priests at Shiloh he sees Hannah praying after they've offered their sacrifices and scripture says in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 16 in her deep anguish Hannah prayed to the Lord weeping bitterly and Eli thinks she's drunk but when she clarifies and says, no, I'm, I'm praying, Eli then blesses her, prays for her, and sends her on her way. Eli responds, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. And when they went home, when Elkanah's two wives and Penaniah's children go home, Hannah becomes pregnant. And so the sum of the story is that Hannah receives favor from God. Um, she endures ridicule, she endures naysayers and people that don't understand, and then she prays. She asks the Lord to remember her, and he does. What's the point? We're at the connection piece, if you remember the agenda. God has given me a blueprint through the story of Hannah. Over the last two years, I have made some decisions and choices that have made very little sense to me, let alone to the people around me. But I've known that there are God choices, and there are choices that he has finally equipped me to be bold enough to make. I quit my job, my full-time job, in August 2017 and had no idea how I was going to pay my rent. I was panicked. My mom was also panicked, and she didn't hesitate to remind me of it at every chance she got. <laughs> I don't know if the parents of adult children can relate to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And at first, when she would, you know, question and, you know, share her worry, I gave her the answer she wanted to hear. Like, I was in grad school at the time, so I said, you know, grad school financial aid helps to support living expenses, which was true. Um, I said things like, I have this part-time job and that part-time job, also true. But then eventually, I started answering her the way Hannah answered Eli. I said, I'm praying. I know I may look drunk and foolish, but I'm trusting God. And like Hannah, I cried. I still cry, but I feel my feels, and then I worship, like Hannah. I also relate to Hannah in, the, in that I have several Elis in my, in my life. Not in, you know, I guess my mom represents the confusion that he has at first, but then I also have some Elis who... Once, once they saw me, the way Eli saw Hannah, once he recognized, okay, this is who she is, this is what she's doing, he's able to then pour into her and bless her and kind of push her on into where she's supposed to go. And so I have some Elis who, once they saw me, once they got to know me, once they saw the call of my life that I couldn't yet see, they blessed me and prayed for me. And they reassured me of God's goodness and faithfulness. They believed God for me. 
And so God has anointed me the way he has anointed Hannah, with a spirit of endurance, a spirit to not settle for anything less than the will of God for their lives. I want y'all to hear me. The ability to hold up under pressure and a renewed faith in the promises of God. I'm able to stand in the face of torment, mocking, and being misunderstood. That one's a big one. And like Hannah, who was frustrated and annoyed and sad and discouraged, like I just I feel her weight and just how, how heavy it was for her. But her soul knew what her mind and her heart didn't yet. She was unshakable, and God has made me unshakable. As most of you know, I have a heart for children and young people, and um, my consistent prayer for them, even as babies, um, there have been a lot of babies in my family and even in this house over the last few years, my prayer for them is that they would have a, a deep sense and knowledge of the presence of God, even if they can't yet name him. And so through the trajectory of my life, I realized that that was the case for me. Um, whether it was in the Catholic masses that I sat through as a kid, or the dreams I had, or the moments of deep reflection that were very strange for a seven-year-old, um, I always felt God, even if I didn't know it was him. And so fast forward, when he finally, when he brought me into the knowingness, when I was able to name him, he showed me that he had been bringing me out of dry places into fruitfulness, that he had been chasing me down my whole life. And so when I received and learned that reality, everything changed. It wasn't enough anymore to just sit and observe and listen, which is what my nature is, right? I had to do, I had to act. Hannah believed God and I learned to believe God. I believed that God would make a way for me to go to California and re visit Rebecca and Curtis. This was January 2019, and five months later, I was at a conference in LA, staying at their house. I believed the voice of God just last week tugging at me, saying, don't buy that new luggage for your trip just yet. And a few days later, one friend offered me some luggage, and I asked another after that person offered. So I'm all set. $140 in my pocket. <laughs> I believed Jehovah Jireh in 2019 when I was behind on rent. Clearly, listen to this. From January to December, every single month, I was between hundreds and thousands of dollars in rent behind. Every month. I was never on time. Today, I owe my landlord nothing. Wow. I believed God when a professor told me, and I quote, my transcript was awful and that my application wasn't strong enough to receive the grant that I'm flying out for in two weeks. And I present tense believe God is pouring his grace and love over my nieces and my godson. Hannah's story isn't just about a woman giving birth to a child. It's about legacy. The legacy of faith, the legacy of obedience, because Hannah prayed and worshipped at every step of the way. When you read the scripture, the story, when you read it, we, there, there are kind of like benchmarks where we just, we see Hannah praying or worshipping like 
every step of the way, no matter what happens, that is Hannah's first response. And so Hannah gives birth to Samuel, whose name, um, one translation says, um, means heard by God. And when she gave birth, she nursed him and weaned him and gave him back to the Lord as she said he would. And so not only does Samuel become an impactful prophet, spending his life serving the Lord, but Hannah has three more sons and two daughters. She asked for a son and got four sons and two daughters. And so her steadfastness blesses her beyond what she could imagine. And my personal faith journey has always been this quiet, subtle progression. It's not loud. You know, I wasn't in a ditch dying and then Jesus saved me. It was... <laughs> it was... Um, my salvation looks like many, many small and back-to-back -back God moments. Um, and so God took, it was hard for me to pin that down until I connected to Hannah, to understand that God moves in those small, quiet places that no one hears, no one sees. Um, and even if they do see it, they don't understand, right? Um, so God took me through a process the way he took Hannah, through a process. We're at the major key, folks. We ready for the major key? Can you say major key? Major key. <laughs> a big part of Hannah's breakthrough is that she doesn't stay quiet. The process happens in the quiet, but when she gets to her breakthrough, she rejoices. First Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, and then I'll read 8 through 10. My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance, for the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. Down in verse 8. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness, in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The Most High will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. What I have learned is to surrender to the spirit of the Lord dwelling inside me. I have learned the true power and weight of prayer. I have gained patience. I have built endurance. I have increased my faith. I have learned to speak up when the Spirit tells me. And so now, where there used to be doubt and fear, exists blessed assurance. And with this blessed assurance, I am prepared to walk into a season that isn't of quiet and listening, but of speaking God's truth to power and living it out. Lynette calls me a quiet storm. Rebecca calls me a low-key powerhouse, like an Alicia Keys piano riff that doesn't... 
It doesn't shout, but it moves you. There's a Janelle Monet lyric that says, I'm the random minor note you hear in major songs, and I believe them. And more importantly, I believe God. So, the call. My call to you, my challenge for you, is to revisit your story. What has God been trying to teach you about himself through your process? And once you've done that, remember that there is an action that must follow. It is not enough to just know. The intimate moments where you sense God and build intimacy with him are crucial. But what happens after that? How do you live in that? How do you show God that you trust and believe him? So, again, with new partners, or the same partners that we did the story of Hannah, I'd like you to turn to people and think of what my story says about God. What have you learned about God through my story? How can you, how do you now describe God having heard what you heard? So, go at it. I need to hear voices. Okay, is that a hand raise? Okay, that's one. Who's my second person? I need to know who they are before I move forward. Two. Okay, God is... God is faithful. God is a truth teller. God is intentional. God's love for me is specific. And God is always on time. I leave you with a quote from Michelle McLean Walters, who wrote the book, The Hannah Anointing. Through your tears, God wants to set your eyes on his faithfulness to deliver and break you out of seasons of barrenness, unproductivity, unfruitfulness, infertility, and lack. No matter what it looks like on the surface, no matter the taunts of your enemies, no matter the attempts loved ones make to get you to settle and compromise, God is telling you to stand fast. Amen. Isn't that quite awesome? It's quite awesome. One of, the, one of the things I learned from her story, that God is never through with you. He's always a progressive God. So before, before we pray for Jennifer, this is going to be a launch for her to leave. But, but as we pray for her and launch her into this new season, we also want to launch you as well. How many, how many senses are launching of a new season, a new, new moment in God? So uh, how, about, how about we stand and, and, um, 
I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask uh, my wife to come and, and we're gonna pray and I'm gonna ask Jennifer to come. We're so proud of Jennifer. We're proud of So, so first I'd like Jennifer to pray. And um, for those of you who, who sense that this is a 2020 year, but it's not just a 2020 year, it's a year for the fresh start, the new beginning, God working in your story, God proving himself when everybody else said it can't happen. Maybe, uh, maybe the barrenness has overwhelmed you of the previous years, but God said it's time that he's gonna open your womb and bring some dreams and some promises to, together for you. So I want her to pray. Can you lay your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you on either side? Father God, we come before you blessing your name and giving you glory and praise and honor because you are due. We offer up our love to you, Lord, and pray that you would receive it, Lord, that you would hear it and take it up, oh God. I pray over mm -hmm. everyone in this you, room, Lord, that you, you would reign afresh yes, Lord. in yes, their Lord. lives, oh God. Not Holy only Spirit. in the quiet spaces, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. but in the spaces where you are calling them to speak out, to stand up, to walk forward, to move out, Lord. Mm. May you equip them. May you be an ever-present reminder that you are with them. And in those moments, Lord, where, they, where, they, where we may doubt, where we may fear, where we may question, Lord, may your Holy Spirit rush in and take hold yes, of those thoughts, Lord, yes, and replace Lord. them with yes, blessed assurance, yes, Lord, Lord. Yes, Lord, with new Thank faithfulness, you. Thank oh God, you, with God. reminders of scripture that we haven't read in yes, ages, Lord, but to touch us and to equip us and to strengthen us, oh God. Mm -hmm. We don't do this walk in vain. Yes, Lord. We don't do it without you. And so, God, even as we heard earlier today, Lord, that this is a fresh start. Yes, God. This is new. So I pray, Lord, that you would give your children the ability to say, to let go of the things that no longer serve them or you, Lord. Yes, Those things that have been holding on to their hearts, to their minds, to their bodies, Lord. We say no more, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, declare those things old yes, and forgotten, O yes, God, so that we can yes, walk Lord. in the new, yes, in the fresh, yes, in the Lord. of you, O oh God. Yes, Lord. You are a mighty miracle worker, O oh mm -hmm. Lord. And so we stand before you in belief of who you are, in trust of your word. Mm. and an expectancy of your promises, oh God. Mm -hmm. We don't walk around kind of like, mm, maybe he's gonna do it, or I'm gonna keep praying, but I'm not sure. No, in Jesus' name, yes. we declare yes, your promises, declare promises done and yes, fulfilled, yes, oh God. Lord, Jesus. Done and fulfilled. Do it, Jesus. Thank yes. you for doing it, Lord, thank you. 
We pray for patience and endurance. Thank you, Lord. We pray for peace and joy through the process, yes, Lord. Yes, and we thank you for the process. We thank you for your process, oh God. We bless you and we love you. We honor your name, yes. oh God. We give you praises. Yes. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.